Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everyone, Jeremiah here. Welcome to Board Games Daily. That's right, we are catching up on this week's episodes, so sit tight. We've got a couple coming at you today. Very cool stuff, including today, this week's topic on Topic Tuesday, which is not coming out on a Tuesday. It's days after that, but what is time? It's irrelevant when you're podcasting, right? Also, uh, we've got a couple game night recaps coming up, but this week's topic is very cool. It is about board game expansions and the ones you just can't live without. So stay tuned for that and more here on Board Games Daily. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page, theologyofgames.com slash Patreon. We'll take you there. You'll be able to find out all the ways you can be a part of what we do, get in on some contests, and just have a good time. All right, so I'm going to get out of here. Let's get this thing started. Tower of Madness, the latest from Smirk and Dagger Games. Will you discover what lies beneath unspeakable horror, slip into insanity, or bring about the end of the world? A three-dimensional clock tower stands 15 inches tall, filled with marbles. 30 otherworldly tentacles push through the tower walls in every direction in this high-tension dice game of Lovecraft-inspired horror. Win your very own copy of Tower of Madness. Head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon for full contest rules and how you can enter to win. Hey, before we go any further with the show, I just want to remind you about our promotional partner, our good friend, Gamer Leaf. Yep, check out Get, Getting Geeky with Gamer Leaf. He does awesome podcasts every week, tons of them, like three to six episodes every week, including on some Fridays, his Family Fun Day Fridays, where he brings one of his children on the show. They discuss games that they've played recently. On top of that, he, he keeps you up to date on all the happenings on Kickstarter, brings interviews and folks in the gaming industry to the show. Lots of cool stuff happening there. So don't forget to check that out. You can go to GamerLeafGo.com or you can check him out by searching for Getting Geeky with Gamer Leaf anywhere that you see, or not see, anywhere you find your podcasts. All right, we're going to get back to it right now. Coming soon to a table near you, Campy Creatures, the first expansion and second edition. Compete with all the classic monsters from the first edition, plus four all new creatures. Clash each round as you try to win new location cards. Hello? Is anybody there? And capture new mortals. 
Walk this way to Kickstarter. Now until Saturday, November 3rd, 2018. Campy Creatures, the first expansion and second edition from Keymaster Games. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. This is AJ Skifstad bringing you our Topic Tuesday on a Wednesday. I was a little MIA yesterday. I had thought of a topic, and I just didn't get around to uh, discussing it. And so today I'm adding the Topic Tuesday segment, and I want to talk about board game expansions that we can't live without. Now, this is a great topic because there are so many board games. In fact, almost every board game that comes out nowadays is going to have an expansion for it or already does have an expansion. Most games, when they get kickstarted, have an expansion that's included from the get-go. I mean, maybe it's not in the same box, but but it's either a Kickstarter add-on or a Kickstarter exclusive, um, or it's just an expansion that they're just releasing along with the base game, which I don't want to get in and talk about that and why they just don't add it with the base game. That's a different discussion for another day. But I do love board game expansions. It means a game has life. It has vitality, and it keeps moving and keeps changing, and that's good for me. I like that. I like choices when it comes to games. So, uh, board game expansions I can't live without. Let's go old school first for a minute here. Actually, a couple of these are going to be old school. I absolutely love Inns and Cathedrals for Carcassons. Now, Inns and Cathedrals add, simply adds two cathedral tiles that are city tiles. They're basically cathedrals that uh, have city access on four sides. If you can complete a city with a, cath- a cathedral in it, it counts as three points for each tile instead of the normal two which is great because you can get a lot of points that way, especially if you build a big city. People are trying to crack in on that city, but guess what? If that city doesn't get completed, there are no incompletion points for that city. So you can't, if you don't complete it, uh, you won't get any points for it whatsoever. Uh, That's just a minor aspect of inns and cathedrals. Oh, aside from the fact that there's also inns as well, the inns allow you to double the score of your roads. Instead of getting one point for your roads, if there's an inn on it, you'll get two. Again, if you don't complete it, uh, you don't get anything. They also give you a larger meeple uh, that will allow you to crack in double on somebody's territory. It counts as two. So if somebody has a city and you're cracking in on it with that larger meeple, you immediately immediately lay claim to that city once you crack in all the way because you have two people in it instead of one. Even though it is just one big meeple, it counts as double. So I really like that aspect to the game. And I also like Phantoms. Now this is a different expansion altogether. Uh, Phantoms is just a little mini expansion. It's like four or five bucks and it comes with these translucent um, uh, meeples that are each of you. You get one of your color and this allows you to play two meeples instead of one on a tile. Now the phantom, uh, you can't get back if you farm it. So don't farm with your phantom, but you can get that phantom back. So maybe if you want to finish a road on the same turn that you, you're laying a city, as long as it's the same tile, you can do that. So it's a really, really cool aspect of the game, having those phantoms. Those are Carcassonne expansions that I don't want to play without. There's also an expansion for a game called Escape by Queen Games called Curses. Now, Escape, essentially what you're trying to do is you have 10 minutes to explore a temple, find the exit, while uh, claiming these gems throughout the temple. You have to claim a certain amount of gems to be able to even attempt to escape the, the, the temple. 
And so it's a real-time game where you're rolling some dice. Now, the base game is pretty darn easy. All you're trying to do is unlock these rooms using your dice and find the door and get these gems in the meantime. Curses adds a whole new element that I will not play without because if I do, the game's just too easy. Curses is is a whole new set of tiles that have these curse symbols on it. When you pull a curse tile or a curse room, you all, you have to take a curse that's going to make you do something like uh, hold your hand on your head so that you can only roll with one dice until you break the curse. Uh, maybe you have to uh, play with four dice instead of five uh, until you break the curse. Maybe you're stuck in the room all by yourself until you break the curse. Maybe you're mute until you break the curse. It's awesome, but what it also does is it adds treasure tiles as well. There are treasure tokens inside the rooms, um, so when you flip the tile over, if there's a treasure there, you place a treasure token on it, and you can unlock that treasure to get some really helpful things for the game. Love, love, love this expansion. Don't play without it. How about uh, Ticket to Ride Pennsylvania, Ticket to Ride UK? Um, they are. It's a double-sided board, um, and I can't even talk about this one right now. I've never. I've not played Ticket to Ride. Uh, Europe or Ticket to Ride America since I bought this expansion and I probably never will again. Take a look at Ticket to Ride Pennsylvania and Ticket to Ride UK. It's a single box expansion. Um, You got to have the base game to play it, but I will never play the other two again, I don't think. These two are so good. Oh, there was one more I wanted to talk about. Let's see if I can remember. It's going to slip my mind. Well, I can't think about it. I can't think of it. It was for a newer game. If I think about it, maybe I'll do another segment later. But we want to know what games you love expansions for, what expansions you can't live without. So chime in. Let's hear from you. Let's hear from Scott. Let's hear from Jeremiah. We'll see. I know they, they've got some games that are probably totally different than the ones I've discussed here. But we want to hear what games you're going to discuss too, uh, expansions that you love. That's it for now. Check you later. All right, I told you I'd be back bringing you that last expansion I can't live without. It's for the Star Wars living card game. It's called Edge of the Empire, and you cannot live without this expansion. It is so good. What it basically does is it adds in the two factions that you're missing from the base game. They give you the faction cards in the base game to just show that those factions are available but they don't actually give you a deck to complete those factions. It might be a little money-making scam. I don't know. I don't care because that is so necessary. It allows you to add the scum and villainy factions, which gives you like Greedo and Jabba and all these characters that are are, are the big bad villains and and scum and villainy. So it's just like, and then then they've got the smugglers and spies, which is like the sort of good guys. They're like kind of like the outcasts, the renegades, but they're, kind of good sometimes, like Han Solo and Chewbacca and his posse and all that stuff. So it's gr- it's a great expansion. There's plenty of cards to add to both of those factions outside of that expansion. And there's plenty of cards to add to all the factions outside of this expansion. And there's some others. Are they necessary to the game? I don't think so. With the amount of time, with the amount that I get Star Wars to the table, um, I don't need, I don't need a million cards but I certainly have a great amount of cards right now that I can use. 
and Edge of the Empire is absolutely necessary. I just need those other two factions to choose from when I go to play against an opponent. So there it is, my last expansion I can't live without. Check you later. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Hey everyone, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. AJ talked this morning about expansions you can't live without. And there's only a couple that I feel like I would never play the base game without this expansion because it's essential. One of those is King of Tokyo or King of New York with the power-up expansions. Both of them add, in my opinion, just such life and options to the game that I just would never, ever play without them. And they're not... They don't add so many rules that they're prohibitively difficult for new people to play or whatever like there's just no reason not to add those every single time because it just expands the possibilities in such a great way and the other one that popped to mind is uh zolkin the tribes and prophecies now um this isn't I, i consider it essential in that i would always play with it but i would totally understand someone playing the base game before adding this to it but it is such a strong and terrific expansion that I don't know why you would ever not include this in every single game. It's terrific. It is not too difficult. And uh, again, it just it, it seamlessly integrates with the game. The, the tribes have all these special powers. I, I'm a, if you know anything about me, you know I'm a big fan of special powers. And the great thing about it is You'll grab uh, one of these tribes and you go, oh man, this is crazy. This special power seems incredibly overpowered. This can't be right. I'm, I'm obviously going to win. And then you look at the other ones and you realize that they're all incredibly overpowered and they're all, they're all amazing. And so everyone's kind of on the same footing of just really having incredible things to do. So I, I love it. I love it. And uh, it just adds a lot to that terif- terrific game. So... Those are two that came to me off the top of my head. I might have more later, but uh, let's keep this conversation going. What are your essential expansions for board games? And this was in light of the fact that yesterday, an expansion for the Great Spirit Island hit Kickstarter. So check that out because Spirit Island is amazing. And uh, I talked it up so much that AJ ordered it. And so we'll see what he thinks when it gets here. All right, we'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, I'm going to get in on the expansion conversation here, and I'm going to start off by giving a here, here, a second to uh, both Firestone and AJ. Uh, AJ's thoughts on Ensign Cathedral, I'm right there with. You got to play Carcassonne with this expansion. If you don't have this expansion, what are you doing? Go get it, play with it. Enough said. Also, power-up for King of New York and King of Tokyo. Um, actually, I don't have the King of New York one. I know they just released that recently, but the King of Tokyo one, again, why would you not play with it? It's so good. It adds just enough. It doesn't change the game. It just makes it a little better. So I really agree with both of those. 
I'm going to throw one out there that I more recently discovered, and I really love it. And it's it's one of my... I, I probably put this game in my top five games of all time, and that's Orleans, or Orleans for us Americans. <laughs> but Tasty Minstrel has been publishing this over in the States. It, it came overseas and the Trade and Intrigue expansion is so good. The Intrigue board, okay? So there's the there's the City Council board or whatever they call, I forget the exact name, that is in the base game. And there you swap that board out with this expansion. Now, there's other things that you can add in and out. It's very modular in that way. There's different events that come out. There's different uh, cards and things that come out that you can use. But... Don't ever play with the base uh, City Hall board. Just play with the Trade and Intrigue board. It is so good. I will never... I Maybe if I'm teaching somebody new the game and it's a game... You know, somebody that's maybe a little casual and this is kind of a big jump for them to get into this game, I might play with the base game board. Otherwise... There is no, like I said, there's just no reason, no reason to play with anything but that board. It's so good. It adds so much to the game. It really does add intrigue to it. It's, it's great. It really, I, I thought this game is, I've always loved Orleans. I thought, Hey, this game is great. I'll try this expansion. We'll see how it goes. It blew my mind. So there it is. That's my one that you can't live without. Of course, I'm I'm you know jumping on the bandwagon with Power Up and Enza Cathedrals as well. So let us know what you think. Give us a shout out. Which expansions do you love? Which expansions can you not live without? And we'll talk about it here on Board Games Daily. Hey, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page where you can support the blog, the website, our YouTube channel, our Anchor channel, and all the things, and get cool swag-like promos. We appreciate everything everyone does for that. So, last night was game night, and I wasn't sure what I was going to play, and we ended up playing two games, one of them twice, which almost never happens. Uh, So we played uh, Endeavor Age of Sail, which is the new printing of Endeavor. A classic sort of exploration, colonization game. And the new printing is gorgeous. Interestingly, most of the gorgeous components that come with it are for an expansion call that are called exploits and the it's upgraded pieces and beautiful like cannons and keys and all kinds of things that don't come into play in the base game which is what we ended up playing this is the base game so it had been a number of years since the three of us played the three who played and so we just decided to do the base game and it was great and then a fourth person joined us and he had never played the game ever so we decided to do the base game again with a small expansion that came, which are charter companies for each of the six countries that are in the game outside of Europe. And so just a a small little expansion that adds a building to each land. 
and is easy to add and there's no reason not to add it in my opinion so it was good both games were terrific uh i've forgotten how much i like this game and it's just gorgeous caused some controversy then and now because one of the mechanisms is a slavery deck now um it is not glorifying it in my opinion it is um just accepting the fact that there was slavery involved in colonialism and as a player you can draw from this slavery deck which is slightly better than the other decks but at a cost potential cost because if people get to the end of uh there there are two decks in europe a regular deck and then the slavery deck if anyone gets to the last deck card in the europe deck and buys it they abolish slavery and every slavery card in the game is immediately discarded (coughs) pardon me immediately discarded so you go back on tracks because as you get these cards you'll it, it bumps you up on tracks which are worth victory points and let you do more things so you immediately have to discard that and go back on the track whatever was on those cards and each one of them is now worth negative one point at the end of the game and in a this is a close game both of our games were quite close and so that could really make the difference in it and so there's it's kind of high risk high reward type of thing and if nobody decides to go toward abolishing slavery then the slavery deck is something you could take advantage of and again i I don't feel like the game is um, glorifying it they have an entire paragraph in the rule book that explains why it's in there why they kept it in there for the second edition because a lot of people wanted them to get rid of it even though it's it feels to me like a major part and it would be very difficult to excise that from the game uh, without really making it a different game and a lot of people don't like the fact that it's in there and i totally get that um i i'm on the i'm not sure i'm on the fence i I totally understand why people would not like it but again i don't feel that the game glorifies it it just acknowledges this was a thing that happened you're playing a game about colonialism and uh it's it's something you can utilize as part of the game but it it doesn't come without risks it doesn't come without i mean honestly if you take a slavery card you have to think i'm 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 willing to take part in this even in a game and it makes you think so anyway all that to say endeavor was quite good and then the second game we played was dice forge which i'd never played before and it's a fast little filler where you're actually creating dice it's it's almost like a deck builder in that you start with these super basic dice that have removable faces and you're rolling the dice and getting resources and then upgrading the and buying new sides for your dice and you just pop off one of the old kind of basic sides and put up with these upgraded ones on there and it gives you better stuff and it's pretty cool a nice little filler i it really wasn't really on my radar i i wanted to play it just to just to see what it was like and now that i've played it i thought oh i think that's the kind of thing my kids would really dig so now it's on the radar so endeavor age of sale and Dice Forge, what we played. Let us know your thoughts. If you have thoughts about uh, Endeavor's use of slavery, I think it'd be a cool thing to talk about because it's uh, it's a real topic and a, a real concern for some people, and I totally get that, absolutely. So, hey, have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> 
Hey, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, you can always check us out. Just head over to theologyofgames.com. Lots of stuff going on there. And of course, we love it when folks are part of the show. So if you're listening on Anchor, and we know not many of you do, but if you're some of the few that are listening, good on you. Use that voice message feature. We'd love to chat with you about the topic of the week and anything else that you want to discuss with us. But uh, just want to remind you before we get out of here, check out our Patreon page. Again, theologyofgames.com slash Patreon. And we will be back with more very, very soon. Maybe even today. If you're listening when this just released, there might be another episode in the works right now. So (laughs) I'm going to get out of here. We'll talk to you later. And until then, I'm Jeremiah Isley for my co-hosts, AJ Skifstad and Scott Firestone, saying, go play a game. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.